Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another role. Hello, and welcome to Season 32, Episode 6 of the Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. I'm Pooja. I'm Joey. <laughs> And in today's episode, we have some questions about having homogeneous gaming groups. We have questions about, I forgot to make my important list, so now I'm just kind of trying to remember. We have a, <laughs> we have a story from someone who's been listening for a very long time, and they also added some questions in at the end, which are going to be about something amazing, I'm sure, that I don't remember. And the last one is... People asking, uh, is someone at, uh, we're just going to find out. We're just going to read it. It'll be fine. We'll find out. We'll be fine. We will look around and find out. This is what happened. No, no finding out. (laughs) When I'm typing this up and also trying to feed my toddler dinner because I miss important things. So anyway, great episode about very interesting things. Find out. (laughs) Stick around and find out. Yeah, if you'd like to contribute a question or topic to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We are looking into creating a form also that we're going to add to the Discord to make it just a little bit easier for people. So if you're on the Discord, stay tuned for that. That will be announced soon. We are still having an Indie Designer of the Month for this month. It is still Jessica Markram. Woo-hoo! Who was amazing. We had such a great time with her last week. So fucking cool. It was so funny. We talked for so long, and then we were like, oh, yeah, we're on a podcast. We should probably get to emails or something. But if you haven't listened to it last episode, very great. Amazing. You can find her at Miss underscore Jess 3 on Twitter and Angry Nerd Girl on Twitch. And you can find her games that she designs by herself at angrynerdgirl.itch.io. This week, we're focusing on her game, which is Squad Goals, which is funny because she and I both designed our first games for the same game jam on itch.io, which is the Folklore Jam. And so this is the one that she designed for that. So this is a game called Squad Goals. It's a PBTA game inspired by Saturday morning cartoon style games where a team of great women from the world of folklore and mythology combine their skills to solve a problem. Problems can be as wide-ranging as helping a a child find their lost kitten to saving a village from a rampaging dragon. There might be an overarching nemesis working against them in the style of Dr. Claw or Hordak. Always fun. And they can simply, or, or they could simply be battling the monster of the week scenarios. Each heroine has her own unique skill set and no one can solve every problem on their own. Teamwork and cooperation will lead to the most successful outcomes. And they're all, all the playbooks are based on different women from mythology and stuff like that. So it's very, it's very cool, very empowering, very fun. And you can get that for $3 on itch.io. So that's angrynerdgirl.itch.io. Go do it because she's fucking hilarious. She's very funny. All right. We should probably figure out what's in these emails since I forgot to make the list. That so it'll be, be fun and exciting to find out for all of us at the same mm-hmm. time. Exciting. All right. Who would like to read mailbag number one? Well, I'm checking the length of all of them. <laughs> Ready to go, Joey. Oh, no. Oh. God, it's so... Shoot, no, that was the short one. That's what you get for not being here. Okay, so all right. I see how it is. Happy Pride. Um, <laughs> mailbag one. Salutations, mistress of education and glamour. Salutations <laughs> to your exalted court and all the lackeys that make the ship float. Well, I usually have less value to offer than an adamant GURPS apologist. I think I have just the question for your magnificent court of scholars, performers, and eminent eloquitionists, and probably orthographers. Okay, SAT words. I see what you're doing. (laughs) One thing I really admire about the cast and the show is the varied voices, not only in the sense that it's easy to follow the dialogue because while everyone has the tenor and poise of a trained performer, you all are varied as persons as well. I think that is a strength in most settings, and it's something I appreciate. Even if I have no lack of potential role models in the RPG industry and community, especially after my girlfriend made me throw, grow a beard. All right. All right. All right. I want to apologize for the length of my missive. I wish you would. <laughs> Joey. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. As your masterful elocution makes me even, me, me, my bumbling words sound like they have a message other than prolonging the reader's efforts. But finally, on to my question setup. I recently heard an actual play, a good one, which I appreciated. But what struck me was that it was all adult men around the table. 
I'm lucky enough to mostly play in mixed groups, and I even used to have a regular group with at least a handful of genders and a handful of sexualities. So I've played in some straight male groups recently. That's also very nice. So my question for your bright young minds is twofold. One, what are some benefits of playing in homogenous groups? Two, what are some benefits of playing in some heterogeneous groups? And what are and are there anything we could Oh my God. Uh, and this is why I'm not even on the podcast so long. I've forgotten how to read people. And are there anything we should be aware of when we do so? I do realize I probably know a lot about it, but I find that your magnificent and loquacious bunch of French sounding cavity cleansing equipment in pluralysis. I also hope to learn something new as I often learn from your sister podcast, Fear the Boot, which can improve my behavior towards my fellow role players. Much love, Michael of not Sweden. Important. Important. Uh, important. P.S. Apologies for getting to add the obligatory postscriptum. Key P.S. If anybody wanted to make a drinking game, I suggest complimentary adjectives. Key P.S. <laughs> thank you so much for your wonderful diligence in answering my questions about elocution. Uh, elocution on any question of anyone, really. P.P.P.S. Still nothing on the GURPS apologists. P.P.P.P.S. I hope these many <laughs> postscriptums help remedy my recent slip. And P.P.P.P.P.S. Would it be possible to see something of the uh, elusive form of podcast host Stu Venable together with a recently dated newspaper? Stu is <laughs> <laughs> Well, fine. I can address the last one. I literally saw him two days ago. Yes. And he's well-preserved. <laughs> Pickle, if you will. <laughs> he's fine. Do you? Uh, fine. <laughs> as fine as Stu can be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he is actually no promises because it's Stu. He's like, oh, maybe I'll come and run GURPS for an actual play. Ugh. That's not a promise by any means. We would have to actually get him to leave his home. You would need four oh, people wow. who want to play GURPS. Boom. <laughs> well, that I could find. But <laughs> I mean, maybe not in this I particular mean, room at this moment. I actually I don't mean, mind GURPS. Stor- like, Stork is one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to play it on stream just because it'd be a lot of me, like, not knowing how to do things. It's actually... Yeah, but that's the fun of it with Stu. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it actually gets really easy. Like... Like building the characters is a bit of a pain, but once you get used to the roll low concepts, mm-hmm. then there's always that moment where you're like, oh, oh, I rolled really high. That's not good in this game. And then you're like, oh, I remember. And then it, it actually goes pretty smoothly, but we can do it. It'll be fine. All right. So yeah, benefits of, okay, I'm going to teach your hat now. Homogeneous and heterogeneous. So Joey, what does homo mean? <laughs> Well, I mean, there are, there are a couple <laughs> websites I could direct you to that taught me everything I need to know. It means the same. It means Thank all you. the same. Right. So, One note. Right. So homogeneous groups are groups that are the same, and heterogeneous groups are like diverse. Different. Not that. Yeah, yeah, not that. The opposite. Sorry, was that like two on the like, <laughs> No, it was very good. Okay, five was, minutes, I'm like, hey. It was real good. I made you read the bad, I ain't even the, mad. The, the evil email. <laughs> what was the evil email? We love all the emails. We're just bad at reading things out loud. I mean, right? This no. is why I'm an actor, so I memorize. I don't have to read. I'm terrible at cold reading. You memorize? I mean, also, like, no one has ever accused anyone in this room of not loving evil. True. So, true. I feel like we were just telling stories about how evil we all are before the book just started. So, don't know you fit in with us, about. Michael, not from Sweden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, benefits of each and then like the drawbacks of both. I feel like it feels like if everyone's kind of the same vibe, if you're all like roughly the same experiences and stuff, you can tell. I feel like you can feel more. It's like a little bit safer and you're not worried about like you can communicate in a way that has a lot more shorthand and you can get deeper into the experiences that you guys share. For example, like if you're playing a game and all of you have the same, went to the same summer camp, you can set things in that summer camp. You can talk about things in reference to that. And there's a huge benefit there. Not every time, like every time you play a tabletop does not have to be a special learning moment for everyone at the table. Sometimes you can just sort of shoot the shit with your friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's also, I mean, to jump off that point, like you have homogenous groups have shared cultural touchstones Mm -hmm. and experiences that are kind of baked into your lives. And so you can riff off of that and riff off of like those experiences that you all share, like generational drama. (laughs) (laughs) What a mood. Yeah. Yeah. I think Claire hit the the nail on the head that it's really just about kind of those shortcuts and communicating and being able to, for example, my home group is a bunch of actors. It's all musical theater actors. 
fine, weird, right? And so when we say things like, oh, we're this thing is taking place in the opera house and it's stage left and it's house right and it's yeah. X, Y, and Z, like you know those things, you don't have to bother explaining them versus if you're playing with someone who's like a mechanical engineer who has no idea what you're talking about, mm-hmm. it takes more time. Yeah, we've done that with like playing with everyone at the table if they're a Ren Fair person. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, like you can say, oh, it's, and especially if it's like a group of friends, you can be like, oh, they look like this person. And even if it's not a celebrity, if it's like someone, you know, like the mailman you all have or yeah. whatever it Karen is. Karen from finance. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like you can immediately drop that and everyone gets it immediately. There's no need for explanation. And that's, that's so handy. And it just speed things mm-hmm. up so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was gonna say like, Puta and I are in a game right now that's all Southeast Asian players. And one of the nice. conversations... Wait, where, where do you find that game? Nowhere yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't get my shit together to finish editing it. Oh, okay. Uh, it will Sorry. be on Queen's Court Games. Okay. So. I was trying. <laughs> I was like, I'll help. I'll help. No, stop. <laughs> um, but no, one of the things that we've, we've, I've found that's been really wonderful about playing with all of us has been like things like, hey, you know that broom that's in everyone's house? And, everyone, and like the two of like the four of us could be like, yeah, that freaking like colorful broom with the tape. And like, I don't know that everyone else knows what that broom looks like or what it is, but I can be like, yeah, you know, the one your mom chased you with. <laughs> or like, well, just the tendency of like all elders to have easily take offable shoes so they can hit you with them. Or, or the fact that like, or like the food thing. Yeah, the, we've talked a lot about this where it's like, immediately we can sit down and describe a feast and it sounds and it's there's none of this like it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like someone's trying to include things for us it Mm -hmm. just is like yeah of course there's lumpia at this table of course there's sticky rice at this table of course there's this and it just feels really natural which is really nice so like being able to again have that shorthand or have something that feels comfortable and doesn't need to be explained is really really nice yeah it can also feel really empowering. I know I've run a bunch of uh, games for like all women or all femmies. And there's just something cool about it where it's like, you're all just there living your best life, getting to be like a little bit of an empowerment fantasy. Cause like generally that's like a population that isn't as powerful. And there's just something awesome about that and being able to all kind of come together and experience that and know everyone at the table is feeling a similar vibe with that and is clicking in that same way mm-hmm. that's you know a homogeneous table is just i don't know just it sometimes it feels safer and a, a way to explore things that you wouldn't necessarily at a table that mm-hmm. is heterogeneous mm-hmm. like i'd be much more likely to explore storylines about like not that i i wouldn't normally want to play games about like sexual harassment or things like that but at a heterogeneous table with all femmies who I know have also experienced that, it can be a way where you can kind of play with those storylines in the vibe of like nine to five, the movie or something like mm-hmm. that, the way that movie did. Cause that was one of the first women led movies of that time period. And what? <laughs> just, I want to play nine to five. I know. It's it's so good. Good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just 100%. like, yeah, the way that they played out storylines like that to empower themselves. So it was like, in the end, they ended up facing up against the the big evil boss who was harassing them and stuff like that. Like at a heterogeneous table, you can do those stories without worrying about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, yeah, at a homogeneous table. Thank it's you. Sorry, the game writes itself. It does really. <laughs> it really is. And also now we all have like the typewriter. Dun, 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 yeah, we do. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, the nails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dolly stands forever. Mm. Oops, all dollies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, oh god i need to play a that's uh, the game we need don't tempt me frodo i've got a blonde wig i will do it riddle with bay oops all dollies i 100 we have to sing though okay <laughs> and suddenly i am excited i don't think you understand <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> so i'm I, one of my home games i'm doing right now is a savage worlds game a deadlands game mm-hmm. and we're doing all of us are kind of based off of folk music people like okay. characters in folk music like so one of our my friend aaron who is uh, in my wedding party He's playing, I can't think of his name right now, but the main character from Dylan went down to Georgia, the one oh, who played yeah, the yeah. fiddle. Yes. I was going to say, you're all named... Like, the guy from the Charlie Daniels band, I guess Charlie Daniels? <laughs> yeah, no, but like, does he have a name? I don't remember. I don't think no, he, he doesn't have a name. No. Okay. Not, his name is Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Um, his Johnny. Name is Johnny. Yeah. Okay. It's folk music. They're all named Johnny, and they either die tragically or triumph over something weird. Right. 
of all folk music can be narrowed into that category. That is true. I am playing, shocking no one, a seductive temptress named Jolene. Oh, yeah. And she's everything. Jolene. Also, what kind of woman is Jolene that Dolly is scared that, like, she's going to... She's a temptress. She's a witch. Based on a true story. Yes. The bank teller, like, that Mm -hmm. her wife, or his, her husband was flirting with. Mm -hmm. Dolly's wife. I really must say that I always took that as that Jolie was tempting Dolly. There are versions of that. Yeah. I, I've listened to them. I have heard it's the good queer times. version. It's good times. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Do you want to talk about the, the, <laughs> yeah. the flip side of... Oh, yeah. Okay. Heterogeneous groups. Why it's uh, why those are good, too. Well, I mean, the big one is just getting to see new experiences and experience new stories, people that you don't really get to experience yourself because that's not your experience. So other people get to bring that to the table and you get to learn more about people and, and tell different stories, which is great. It can be a little tricky sometimes. It can be a little testing sometimes as someone who's been the only gay in the village. <laughs> Our village Ooh. gay. Everyone. All right. I was doing the Queen Elizabeth Lave for the one, yeah. everyone listening to the podcast. It can, it can get hard because sometimes you're like, cool, I want to play a gay character, but I also don't want my gayness to be my main character, my character's main attribute. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't want to play my trauma. It's fine. Yeah. Example, another game I'm playing at home. I'm playing a lot of home games right now, which is great. Nice. This is why I've been here. I'm very busy on off stream. I know. I'm very annoyed at you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. But anyway. And, you uh, said it out loud. Everyone's going to hold you to it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's on the internet forever now. Oh, Someone no. clip it. Yeah. Raise your hand if you're in a game right now. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Joey's the only one not raising their hand. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I did not come here to be attacked. I mean, that's like not true. It. I knew exactly what I was coming to <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm uh, sorry. You anyway, thought it was here today? Right. No, my home game, we're playing Pendragon. Pendragon 5th right. edition, which is great. Love it. But I'm playing a character who is very, very queer. Like, very pansexual. Which is weird for Middle Ages Arthurian legend. And so the guy running it was like, okay, so you want this to be a thing for your character? Like, do you want to deal with... Like, no, I don't. I don't want to deal with the internalized yeah. homophobia. I don't want to deal with the, pos- the issues of having to find a, an heir. And like, I've got someone and I've got an heir and that's all fine but I don't want to be shoehorned into that mm-hmm. but sometimes you do and that's that's fun too but it depends ask your queer players if they want to play their trauma don't assume yeah can I, I just say I can I just throw out there yes it has sucked it sucked throughout history that like for it has historically sucked for gay people throughout history a lot however day-to-day lives you will be surprised it's a lot less bad before the Victorian era and especially, also, it's a lot less bad and not Europe. So, like, consider <laughs> if you're gonna do something like Pendragon and you're like, I have no idea what Pendragon is, but I learned through context clues. If you're gonna do a historical story and you really want to play it for the historical value of it or, or whatever, maybe actually look into, like, queer writings and stuff about, of the time because there have been gay people throughout history. Yeah. And sometimes very publicly and it wasn't as big of a deal or it was less blown out over than people think. It still has historically sucked, mm-hmm. but day to day lives. Also, like, I mean, this is the erasure of queer history, right? Because mm-hmm. there have been overarching and definitely waves, and definitely like since the rise of Christianity. Da, 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 but even in Arthurian legend, queer people existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, great night, like super gay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been subsumed so much in our culture, especially in the States and all of that stuff. But like, Movies. but it's just check your assumptions mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what your world needs to be. And a lot of times like, it's like, yeah, okay. Are you really playing this TTRBG for the historical accuracy of it all? Like really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no. Yeah. Uh, most of those people are at, at the SCA events. Yeah. Ow, ow. <laughs> but true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not gonna say no. no. <laughs> but yeah, it's, even, but even, yeah, it's this like, we have evidence that in, during the Victorian period, that was one of the things that they did was they went through and they, they were like, this is how to interpret Shakespeare. And also no one was gay ever. Shut mm-hmm. up. And hilariously, not true. So like, if you study any kind of history, it's like, I hate this about the new Game of Thrones thing where they're like, we just wanted to portray the misogyny that was actually in the world. It's like, actually in the made up world of Westeros. Yeah. Okay. Weird I, choices. I saw a very funny meme today, which I'm sure is probably old, but it was like something like to the effect of the difference between horseplay and pony play <laughs> means you might not want to just trust, like have blind faith in like the translation of every text that you've read. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, that's a very, dis- that's a very different. <laughs> yes. 
And uh-huh. yeah, normal Stop translation might not might not be perfect. <laughs> Gonna pocket that for yeah. another game. <laughs> but also, just like if you're looking at heterogeneous, hetero, yeah, I, I can't say that. Heterogeneous. Heterogeneous. Yep. I have to say it a lot with reading groups. This is where I use it like this literally every day in my job. When you edit this podcast, just you say it and just put it over it every time we try to say it. <laughs> heterogeneous. Can you just point at me and I'll say it. Exactly. There we go. So when you're buying with heterogeneous groups, <laughs> I mean, outside of like even just the diversity of like experience and, and learning new things about people, like you just get some interesting personalities and things will come out of left fields that it, that can be surprising and interesting and fun that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Like sometimes when you have a group of friends that has been together for a really long time and they do a lot of the same things and they've had a lot of the same experiences, you can kind of end up having the same conversation every two months. Yeah. 100%. And and that isn't a bad thing, but also when you have a heterogeneous group, (laughs) you can break out of that mold. And just tell very different stories and have like a lot of fun in different ways that you wouldn't necessarily think of when you have a homogeneous group. I don't know. I, I don't play. I think this game I'm playing with Clara, <laughs> Clara is, and maybe a one shot is the closest I've ever come to being in a homogeneous group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am the one South Asian in the Southeast Asian game. <laughs> that is true. Like, so important to me. Yeah. It was lovely. And I cannot even begin to describe how happy I am to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> We've but, cried every single session. Aw. Seriously. <laughs> like, need to invest in waterproof mascara. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that you get a lot of different things that you don't necessarily get. And in the case of listening to an actual play, it can be easier to tell people apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> casting is a thing. <laughs> I noticed, like, touching back on your point about ideas, when I was playtesting Decima for, like, three years straight, like at cons and all these things, that was the place where I saw it the most because I think it like I was taking detailed notes and comparing different games and it's like such a quick like 90 minute game and I'd run like so many sessions of it in one weekend and I'd run it with so many different people, total strangers and it was always really interesting to play games like that because I would end up with a, a homogeneous table and it was, it was very predictable. Like no matter what it was, like if it was based on what gender they identified as and all those things. Like, however it was, it was like, they would come up with similar things and you'd get a lot more of those things where they like, oh yeah, I was just thinking that. And they'd like have those moments where they kind of, it was not predictive text, but kind of like that, like mm-hmm. similar cultural experiences it make similar creativity. But in groups that were really diverse or mixed experiences, mixed aged, whatever it is, it was so wild how different things would go. And it was really creative. I've seen that with playing for the queen too. Mm-hmm. And age differences is something that's really interesting to play with because I think, I don't know, like a lot of us play with like our friends like that tend to be about our age. But a lot of us with Happy Jacks, we've played with people who are a little bit older than us. And now we have like a whole crop of kiddos. Babies. They're like, oh man, being 25. And I'm just like, oh my No one tell Alex. Heart. I love so that. No, no, this is good. Bring in the young blood so I can suck the souls out of them and keep my youthful appearance. <laughs> this is important. I feel like the ship has sailed on this, but is it homogenous? I think. No. Okay. No, I mean, oh, I've always I, said homogenous. homogenous really, is milk, and I wasn't sure it was the same. Obviously, the same root or the same prefix. Sorry, I had I don't her, like homogenous. Is homogenous is fine. Is I just, as we've been saying it, I'm like, I, I think, think I, I think both are correct. I think. Okay. Yeah. Homogeneous okay. or heterogeneous. I've always, at least in like educational spheres, I've always mm-hmm. heard it pronounced heterogeneous and homogeneous. Okay. But I think homogenous is also hom- like homogeneous is a term that you can use. Yeah. Right. So I think, yeah. it, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, it just occurred to me. We've been talking about this for a like, long time, <laughs> a while. And I'm like, have we just been saying it wrong? Oh no. I mean, I'm defaulted to Kimmy is always right. So that mm-hmm. is true. I don't yeah. want to get thrown out of this. Also, don't ask me about milk. I'm not just intolerant. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink milk. I'm not sure what you're talking about with the milk situation. Homogenous. No? No. Is that not a milk thing? I don't think it's I milk. I don't think it is. Homogenized yeah. milk? Is that not a thing? Internet, help me. No. Um, milk is pasteurized, pasteurized milk. <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't drink milk we, enough to know what you're talking about. We broke Joey. It's fine. No. It's fine. No, it's pasteurized, dear. I had an actual I'm going to double check. Don't mind me. I had an actual point to make about diverse groups, and I fully forgot. 
I got distracted by the homogenous thing. <laughs> like, here you have an example of where sub-homogeny can be helpful because, Clara, are you also lactose intolerant? <laughs> I don't have to drink milk here. I do. Okay, can we Okay, then. there we go. There we go. Huh. Homogenized milk. Oh. Homogenization is used to standardize and disperse milk fat globules to improve the texture, appearance, and taste of milk. Thank you, Google. Excellent. Also, I am not crazy. Oh, I am, but not for that. You're vindicated. Yes. You are. You are. Especially, like, against the two lactose yeah. <laughs> Like I don't know, soy milk. <laughs> I immediately go to, like, now I'm, like, like in parent mode. Like, should I be feeding my daughter homogenized milk only? Like, what? <laughs> why is that better? What should I do? Like, I'm hmm. just, People survived centuries not, like, drinking just milk out of the cow. I mean, she drank milk from me for a really long time and I wasn't doing anything to that so that yeah. was sorry I mean that I, say, I say that I'm not, neither a parent I'm neither a parent nor should I like am I authorized to tell people how to raise their children but yeah no also thank you for the assist chat appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> excellent um, <laughs> so what was I I, mean, I had a point to make, and then we got super. I got that was milk. That was milk. I wasn't even that. I was. It's. I got derailed by the hetero, uh, the homogenous thing. I. That's fine. Something diversity is great, y'all. We did it. Great. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you think of it, just shout out in the middle. It sounds like Michael not from Sweden is talking about specifically like groups of. I don't know. Says so white dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. For sure. Statistically. Yeah. Like, all the time. 100%. Like, still, like, so many different groups on stream are, oh. like, all the time. But I think it's good that we included, like, lots of different, like, types of, of groups. Yeah. Like, there's age, there's race, there's gender, there's, all those yeah. things. There's you can be homo- homogenous and be still yeah. the Interests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this is super simplification and not the best one. But if you have a bunch of people who all love, for example, Michael, GURPS. Yeah. Help. yeah. Thank you. And you've all played GURPS and you're all at the table together. That's going to be a very different experience than if you're sitting and playing with Clara, who's like, GURPS? What? I don't want to play. And then... I just don't know how. And if someone explains to... You'll be fine. I just said that on the internet. I, like, someone's going to explain it to me now. I don't want that. <laughs> so, like... So, yeah. I mean, I think there, I think it's important also to state that there's a lot of different ways to have a group of like people. Because mm-hmm. we tend to always like default to ways that can be seen as exclusive in negative ways, but there are also ways that it can be super great to be with the people, like a group of like people. I remember what I was going to say, and okay. that is, you can sometimes have it like, yeah, you can be homogenous, but also be like a minority, like in yeah. the regular in the regular world. But it is nice when you have diverse, like a uh, varying experience of the group. Because I have run games for a bunch of chaos bisexuals. And honestly, I don't plan for them anymore. I just sit there <laughs> and watch them explode on themselves. And it's great. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I've seen that website too. <laughs> anyway, eventually uh, the World Ends Thursday will start. It'll <laughs> be fine. It'll be great. All right. Let's do mailbag number two. Who would like to read it? There's so long. Okay. We can split it up. No, I got it. I got it. I can do this. She can point at me and I'll be like, heterogeneous. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, the end of the email. <laughs> I'm hoping I, I'm hoping it's got smaller words for my pea brain. Hey, Jackers. First, I'm glad that you're continuing with the advice podcast. Keep great job keeping things running smoothly, Kimmy. And the new studio sounds great. Thank you. Woo. Well, I've been listening to the advice podcast for longer than I can remember, but I do remember the long drunken sessions from way back when. I'm embarrassed to admit this is my first time writing in. But after your letter, your request for letters and the discussion around CD's note in season 30's episode 7. What? Oh, Kadave. I thought that I should make time to see if I could help out. I wanted to share a type of game I've run a few times now that has allowed us to manage a larger group of players with scheduling issues. We referred to them as jumping campaigns. Here's the background on the most recent version. The world is threatened by this uh, the sun god coming to, too close to the world. The other gods have provided prophecies to their followers that heroes are needed to travel the multiverse and solve the issue. The PCs are part of a group who have volunteered to take on the mission, but going through the trials, all the PCs all ended up in the tertiary group, with better and more capable people being in the primary <laughs> secondary group. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> normal thing. I know. I'm, I'm so wow. it's like savers of the multiverse lower decks. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Supposedly, the ritual that sends the heroes uh, where they need to go in other times and places during which they will be given an amulet that keeps them linked to the ritual, 
will immediately return them to the here and now. The primary team goes to the ritual, doesn't reappear, lost in time and space. The secondary team also vanishes. <laughs> so the PCs are stepping up as a last-ditch effort to save the world. Everyone Not, else is gone, therefore it falls to you. I kind of love that. I love this. I love that. I love the, that as a premise. I love they're not even the B team. <laughs> yeah, you're not even the B team. <laughs> the ritual is completed. The group is sent through space and time, one adventure to another. Each such jump is the duration of one game session, no matter how long it is or how, how it ends. And ending it on a cliffhanger can be amazing. The GM has a list of locations in different universes, timelines. I call them environments. I'll call them environments that they can select on any evening to use as the adventure. And when the group returns to an environment they've been to before, they return to the same place and time they left. Hence cliffhangers. Mm. Oh, that's fun. Okay, I, like I just got it. Each environment has a magical gem that must be retrieved before they can complete that environment. It's your basic MacGuffins that, they're, uh, that are supposed to merge into a legendary weapon to <laughs> defeat the sun god. But of course, that doesn't turn out quite how they expected. Once an environment's gem is acquired, they won't jump back to that environment again. So they have to manage any, manage any dangling plot threads carefully. But each environment has its own complexities and challenges, and many include clues about the threat to their world. Information, evidence, and survivors from previous groups, which provide clues to the traders involved, etc. And or opportunities to explore components of the PC's backstories and traumas. Popcorn puja. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. I could keep babbling about specifics for pages, but what is important is that each jump includes only the PCs that are run by the players who have shown up for that jump session, and maybe NPCs that started with them or they pick up along the way if needed to fill in ranks. This idea can work with all kinds of backstories, settings, and mechanics. I've run it with systems ranging from as crunchy as second edition AD&D. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> to see you, Daco. <laughs> to as light as a customized version of Everway. I thought about trying it out in GURPS, but could never get an entire group of players who wanted to deal with that level of crunch. <laughs> My apologies to Stu. I've mostly used this with homebrewed scenarios for each environment, but it can easily be used with published adventures as individual environments with a little tweaking to set up context and build in campaign-specific components. Since this doesn't really have any questions, <laughs> I thought I'd also bring up a situation I've been struggling with. Our primary gaming group has traditionally said that if one of the five players can't make it, we'll still have the session. But that player's character will in some way not be involved. They might be sick, off visiting a relative, or, as in a recent example, temporarily <clears throat> sent away by a powerful foe. If two or more people can't make it, we cancel. This was part of our session zero agreements. But one player recently decided they didn't want us to play without them anymore, that we needed to cancel any sessions they can't make it to. Also, they're the most frequent absentee. I actually have the data to back that up. <laughs> Honestly, it really pissed me off when they hit us with this, and I'm at a bit of a loss as to how to process it. I know I just need to have an adult conversation with them about it, but I was curious if you had any thoughts or advice that might help in that. I hope this is useful and not too much babbling. Best wishes for many more years of jacking. Rabbit in Indianapolis. P.S. Yes, I put my location on the map, Kimmy. Woohoo! Yay! P.P.S. This also makes for a fun situation to do on a one-on-one -on -one session where a solitary PC is the only one to show up for a jump. I've used it while hanging out with one of the players or on long car rides as something to pass the time. P.P.P.S. I suppose I should call out the obligatory drink. Huzzah! So I'm going to do this after... The World Ends Thursdays wrap. It sounds like a lot of fun. And so much fun. Yeah. The Happy Jacks Network multiverse. Uh, amazing. Oh, God, if we jump to eat different campaigns for oh, the back no. Oh, no. Yes. I will clear my schedule. I'll make it happen. <laughs> oh, will you now? I will. As I will, long as it's not in October. I will fight Gladiator style to be in this game. <laughs> there you go. We did it. Very good. There's so many... So many games. So many. Exactly. I haven't watched all of them, obviously, no. because there's too many. But I would totally do my impression of each world and ignore the lore. <laughs> and just, I want to run the, I'll do the Legend of the Five Rings campaign y'all did and I never listened to because I was, it was way before my time. Here's what you do. You get one person who played in that game incredibly <laughs> drunk and make them recap it for you. Oh, <laughs> <Jackson's> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Love. 
I don't think I could recap most of the games. <laughs> no, I, I can't recap the games I've been in. <laughs> the name of that game? I know I played in it for like two years, but so, someone then, was like, hey, you used to have a ship recently. I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, that was my thing for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This person's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like that you have data. I feel like that's like a good place and a slightly obnoxious, but also like you can't argue with it. Mm-hmm. Space that speaks to my heart. That hits my I have the receipts mm-hmm. moment. I feel I like like your question, like at the end of the day, though, like, do you want to keep playing with this person or not? Yeah, because if you come at this with, look, you are the most freaking absentee and you were like, you are the reason why we have the session of zero agreement that one person can be gone. Like you're burning a bridge or you have a, a high likelihood of burning a bridge with that person. So you have to go into it with the thought that like, okay, yes, this person is being an asshole, but like how you want to respond to it is in large part going to dictate the outcome of the conversation. Hey, we have these session zero agreements and with your schedule having been so incompatible with the group so mm-hmm. often, it would really be like a detriment to all the other players, like all four of the other players plus you as a GM mm-hmm. that to cancel all the time. And you understand that they feel like they're missing out on a lot. Maybe you could offer some one-on-one sessions, like you said you did, these That's car sessions and stuff like that to make it more, to pe- like make them feel more included if you want to. If they're really just a jackass and like are making the table a problem, maybe you want to cut them loose and be like, look, this is a you problem, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's much better. Like, don't listen to my thing about, here's my receipts. Like, not a great way to start. But also, like, I think part of it depends on why they're missing. Like, it's easy for us to be like, well, if they're just scheduling other stuff or they're in a Shakespeare play where they get drunk all the time and that's why they're never able to show up for anything. And a shit ton of home games. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever it is. All the home and all the home games, yeah. apparently. Yeah. If they're, it, like, so in other words, if they're missing for something fun or a hobby or something that they're choosing, okay, that's something you can, like, be a little more, like, strict about. If it's, like, life, like, okay, they're going through a divorce or something is hard happening, you know, they're unemployed and their car is breaking down and they feel weird driving all the time. Like, I feel like that's when you give a little bit more wiggle room because, I mean, I'm assuming that you're friends and that's when like, okay, maybe we can find a way for you. Honestly, like Zoom is a great option. Like Mm -hmm. if they are not able to come in because of like transportation or they're having to walk to kids or whatever it is, there are lots of ways where you might be able to get them to the session without them having to be there in person. So maybe look at some of those options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it as the person in most of my groups who's like, I can't be scheduled, I'm sorry. I actually will say, though, like, <laughs> that person doesn't need to play. <laughs> it is a privilege. Yeah. And especially, again, as, coming from the space of someone who is hard to schedule because I do too many other things, like, I would not feel bad if someone was like, hey, we played without you, especially when we have this really cool format that that works in. So, like, for me, it's that, like, yeah, that person got to go. Or, I mean, have a frank conversation, do the thing, like, talk about, like, see if we can work around it. If they get, like, I don't miss that much, like, here are my receipts. But to be like, mm, I don't want to play, I want you guys to play without me. Also, I'm going to be gone for the rest, rest of the month is, like, a really shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. That's it's very have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm not, I'm not here for. <clears throat> like, it, you get, you get one or the other, my dude, or my dudette, mm-hmm. or my non-binary Dude equivalent. Deutero. Deutero. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, it's the today. Yes, yes today. As I said, I'm not sure I love it. But but yeah, especially just the format of this is very cool to me. I'm in a couple game games where there's an overarching meta story and we have made it so we can go out and do other things within them. Mm-hmm. So I love that concept. I love that. And like, I understand like people have lives and hobbies and things. So you can just go do that. But that format, especially this one where it's quantum leap, but game style is made for this. So (laughs) (laughs) if you get to the point where you are like showing receipts, the best way to phrase it is kind of let them draw their own conclusions. So like present to them, okay, so you've missed six of the last 12 sessions. How do you think it's fair to handle this. So 
at that point, it's it, it'll also be a little bit telling if like, well, I feel like you just shouldn't ever play. It's like, well, that would mean that of the last 12 sessions, all of us who were able to make it would miss over half of the games. We wouldn't be able to play those games. And then kind of like put that in their, in their lane. Like, okay, what do you think about that? Because if they're forced to then, because that's that kind of forces a little bit of empathy. Like if they're upset that they're missing sessions and then you kind of confront them with the data that, hey, we would have missed half the last, you know, the last set of games that we were supposed to play if we'd followed what you want us to do. That kind of puts them in a little bit of a situation where they're kind of being a hypocrite. They're being very selfish and they're being a hypocrite. Again, kind of like depending on why they're missing. But that's a good way to kind of confront them about it without being accusatory. There's just like, here's the information. What do you draw from this? And then let them kind of basically kind of dig their own hole. <laughs> but yeah. 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 I mean, and it is. And it feels like this person is coming like out of a sense of FOMO. That if they're the one who misses the most games, but you have a setup where it works really well, where like you can play with one person missing, that they're missing out on the most sessions. So mm-hmm. like it, it might just be that's where this demand for accommodation is coming from or like, not accommodation, but... Accommodation, yeah, that's the yeah, right word. Uh, but yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know your friend. You know your friend. And, but yeah, it's like you have a really cool system, like, set up here, it mm-hmm. sounds like. It sounds like it's a really fun game, and it might just be coming from someone who has a schedule that's really effed up. Yeah. And feels like, oh, they're missing out on so much because they can't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. And, like, coming from someone who literally like can only be at weekday things when she's not working (laughs) um i get that fomo so i guess like that's where my empathy is coming from but also if they're just a flake like that's totally different yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i I feel like the approach here like depends on what's causing the the absences Mm -hmm. such a fucking teacher absences tardies sorry Mm. Delinquent. Delinquent. <laughs> Delinquency. Oh, that's oh. such a good, like, 90s weird shit yeah. word. Because like, truancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So much. So much. Okay. It's summer break. I don't have to think about this. Let's move on. Mailbag <laughs> <laughs> number three. Oh, dang it. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> it's a short one. Yay. Mailbag number three, Kimmy and the Rotating Carnival of Happy Jack Napes. I like Jack and Napes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Pursuant to filling the email backlog, I write once again. Well, we all know that Steve Jackson got his ideas from a server off the coast of New Jersey. (laughs) I am curious to hear any unusual sources of gaming inspiration that you've used in the past. Basically, what experiences, shows, movies, books have you found to be particularly useful inspiration? or places to steal from and reskin. Stu routinely mentioned the Rockford Files, but I'd like to hear other sources, particularly the odd, this is a terrible TV show, but a great source of adventure ideas. Personally, for campaigns, I, such and such, I troll the usual sources of pre-written modules, episodes of Lost in Space, and the like. I also try to make random observations of my surroundings slash life, which are liable to get... One added to watch lists, mm-hmm. i.e., how might one break into slash sneak into that government contractor facility to sneak the plans to the Death Star? On the flip side, what are some of your favorite IPs which you think are fun and interesting to experience, but make for terrible RPG fodder? A few episodes back, Doctor Who is mentioned as a mixed bag because of the lopsidedness of the Doctor. And if you're Adam, it's just a general loathing for the show. Don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, I love them so much, but also... I know. Wait, did, did They're they wrong about like... a lot of things. Yeah. I... I love you and you're listening. Love you, mean it. Yeah. Thank you, Yes. <laughs> I love the movie Arrival, but feel like it would make for a terrible RPG with the difficulty of telling a time-traveling story and too much frustration, the lack of ability to communicate. Thanks, as always, Steve in SoCal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of my... Going off of the idea of using inspiration for other things, for characters and RPGs, one of my favorite characters I've ever played in any RPG ever was in Star Wars Saga Edition. And it was basically deciding, I'm going to play a character as if Obi-Wan had trained Leia instead of Luke. 
Oh, oh a way better. So it was better. so he was he's still one of my favorite characters I've ever played. Like he's just one of those touchstone characters I go back to constantly. Mm-hmm. So that's my first suggestion is if you're playing in an IP, look at one of the main characters and find a way to put them on their head or yeah. put them in a different starting position or put them on the opposite side of the war or do different things like that. And that'll really kind of let you play in a way that you really get to experience or you didn't think you get to experience. So for you, Star Wars is like a touchdown. Oh, I love, yeah, Star Wars. I'm asking, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm asking to clarify, not because I don't know. Oh, yeah, no! absolutely. And the, <laughs> on, on top of that, because I'm in another home game, we don't play them all at the same time, I promise. <laughs> Only two are playing regularly. Deadlands is kind of a when we can, but mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. doing a, a Fantasy Flight Star Wars game. <gasps> and I, am pl- I decided to base a character on what if Galen Merrick from Deep Space Nine was a Chiss? Oh, and it has been so much fun. Interesting. It's been so great playing this. As I tell everybody, he's the nicest person you've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) And he's got lots of bodies behind him. You won't find them. No. And it's it's been a lot of fun. So that's another thing is take a character from one IP and translate them into another IP Mm -hmm. and see what that does and what that monkey wrench does to that IP. That's interesting. Yeah. I read a lot. (laughs) <laughs> like I think anyone who's ever actually met me or spent more than 10 minutes in my company knows that I read a lot and I'm gonna obsessed with like different characters or situations or tropes and especially if you're talking about like the urban fantasy genre or fantasy like straight fantasy space opera that kind of stuff like all the time and sometimes it's just fun to be like I'm going to pluck this character out of that world and put it in this one and mm-hmm. how would they react to shit? And I love doing that. Like, I love taking your, like, space assassin <laughs> and just plopping her in the middle of a city or something like that. Like, and in the... I'm still a very inexperienced GM, but in the couple of games that I've GM'd, like, trying to case stuff out because they were about like limited runs. We had like a specific number of episodes that we were trying to hit. So trying to pace stuff out like you would a season of a television show or a or the length of a novel, having consumed that much of that kind of media uh, helped me there. And specifically, like, I mean, if you're talking about romance novels <laughs> all the time, just all the time, PNR, paranormal romance. <laughs> We're get into my world. We're get into my world. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I feel like you could do a supercut of advice shows where I go, I'm going to steal that for a game. Yeah. That's how I... Even get. just from this episode. Truly <laughs> just from this episode. feel really dumb for like, inspiration's all around you. Yeah. But like, truly, one of the things... I, I do the thing where it's like, what if I took a character I left from here and put them in here? I do the thing that I refer to as like following something to its logical conclusion. One of my favorite characters that I'll never get to revisit again for reasons that can be elaborated on and can be dumped down to streaming is hard. We did a one shot for Queen's Court called Dying Fields and I played a Toreador whose obsession was like Americana and kitsch. And it was this thing where it was like, every time I watch a vampire thing, everyone's really sad. And that's fine. Vampire the Masquerade is supposed to be kind of emo. Kind of? And we've seen like... We've seen a rise in like media about uh, with um, what we do in the shadows and stuff, which obviously takes a piss out of it. But like, there was something about looking at the Toreadors who have this vein where like, if they see something too exciting, they just they have to stop and stare at it. And I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing more exciting for me than watching, uh, imagining a Toreador, like a vampire, like apex predator of the night, just like floored by Bob's big boy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I imagine driving through the Midwest would be an experience. Oh, it was. <laughs> and like that stuff that like, yeah, it's mostly things that are funny to me, but like that stuff that, yeah, Aaron is in chat and he wanted to remind us that I got silent by a Girl Scout craftsman quilt. I did. Aww. But yeah, it's, I say funny. Whenever I say funny, I usually mean like, wouldn't it be interesting if, but there's a lot of like comedy in, in a lot of those ideas. I'm literally trying to GM a game that is just my hyperfixation with urban fantasy, but specifically, like, I love that Terry Pratchett kind of, it's magical, but boy, is it inconvenient kind of mundanity to that magic. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of my ideas from, like, being at the DMV or something and just 
like, it would be great. And like, would this be easier if people had access to magic? That's one of like how I end up coming up with a lot of my stuff. So like, yeah. Real world inspiration. It's usually real world. It's usually like, if I'm in a situation, also my real world is very different than other people's <laughs> real world. I realize as I'm saying it, like, but it's, it, I prefer pulling inspiration from just situations that I've already been in or that I've seen other people go through. I'm like, that would be funny. I'm stealing that for a game later. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, even in this episode where it's like, what if we did a Happy Jack's multiverse show or like even my thing for a multiverse, my character for a multiverse game has that same vibe of like a thing that I thought that was like blown, so blown out of proportion. I wanted to make it mundane. So I have like a character who is possessed by many, many demons and just wants to be a normal person and really sucks at making friends and is very sweet, but is full of hell. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. I love that stuff. I have to do a lot of paperwork. Yeah. It's fun to me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I feel like there's so much stuff. I feel like it like it goes through phases. For a long time, I was really inspired by theater. And like that was kind of my touchstone for so many things. I feel like lately it's kind of changed to cartoons. I wonder why. why. (laughs) But like, I also like, honestly, my daughter doesn't really, she watches Thomas the Train. That's it. She will not watch anything else. Yeah. Well, no, the the new one is good. It's the Netflix one that's cute and like animated. The old one is terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's like the uncanny valley of trades. How did that even happen? And they do. That's Lloyd Webber. Starlight Express. That. (laughs) I, unironic, like, my entire household must yes, see oh, Starlight no. Express if it ever comes to LA. Oh my God, I've, I've seen it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun show. Um, <laughs> Specifically went to Vegas to see it twice. Wow. It was. A, I mean, we did other things because we were in Vegas, but. <laughs> but, okay. Roller skates. No, I don't. See? Roller skates. Like, like shiny train outfits. It's trains bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. It's about toy trains. Yes, yeah. Not even real trains. Toy trains. Is it toys? Yes. Are they toys? They're, no, they're toys. Yes. Oh my God, you're right. There's a framing device. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid is like basically making the trains kiss. Yeah. Amazing. It's like yeah. if my daughter wrote a musical, that would be it. <laughs> Where's that TTRPG? Yeah. I'm just Tell saying, me. like, yeah. the. Okay, you know what the TTRPG I want now? Is the marriage of cats and Starlight Express? <laughs> so I want because I'm an evil bitch. Mm. <laughs> How would you even? Is it like all the trains are trying to die? They're it's all like at the a, depot. It is a West Side Story situation. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Back to the email. I can go on this for two hours. I know. So long. Uh, <laughs> um, your page. But it, yeah, I think I feel like I don't know for whatever reason I'm on like a anime kick right now. I've been watching a ton of that. Rewatching the Netflix Castlevania, a bunch so of different things. Good. Oh my it is, god! Yeah. That first season was just like <laughs> you good. I'm having a moment. I, I'm sorry. Just having a moment. It sucks that Warren Ellis is such a fucking asshole. But anyway, mm-hmm. I guess I can feel better because now we know that Netflix pays people crap all, so he's probably not getting paid very well when I rewatch it. So oh, okay. I was like, "What's happening?" No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I can at least for now until like they get a better thing. Because yeah, go Red Kill of America, but. I can rewatch it now and he won't get paid very much. But I don't know. For some reason, I've been really inspired by that lately. And yeah. There's good inspiration there. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. anime is such a vast. Yeah. And the style of storytelling is paced really well to match for a TTRPG. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you generally, like you were saying, like with a limited run, it's like you got the 30 minutes, but they are, they have action. And the way they do action is a really great wake i mean depending on which one you're watching like it's very visceral it's also usually really timed well so it's like you're able to tell this full story with exciting combat and romance and all these things in a very set amount of time so it's a really great thing for inspiring and there's literally like like every genre so it's like fantasy you know play more and blah 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 all these things well it's like we've seen and we we see a lot of games that are come from a lot of those popular anime uh, genres like mm-hmm. the magical girl, girl genre has a plethora <laughs> so of many. games you can choose from of the game styles that i collect i do collect magical girl games as well <laughs> i even have like the princess the the hopeful which is the the <laughs> basically world you of darkness that to me i have I it too it i'm to very you. excited to eventually play that one day we'll oh, play it it's like yeah, someone wrote it for them and it was based on the old world of darkness so like 
buyer beware if you find it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything is research for my next to be. <laughs> it's true though. Like you can just pull from whatever. You're not like I in that backlog of games that I say I'm eventually gonna write, but I'm never actually gonna write. You will. Uh, I will one day when I have the time. I was literally inspired by the opening line of a musical to write an entire RPG. Hadestown? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nat- then. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Um, the opening line is there's a war going on out there somewhere Andre isn't here and it's the idea for the game is you play two characters one character who's off fighting in a war one character who's left at home and it's seeing the different things that are happening um, going on at war and going on back at home and finding out when those characters eventually come home what that looks like and how that affects them and how that affects them going back into war and all that kind of stuff so it's it's in there at some point but yeah all inspired by the opening line of a musical that's amazing. That's okay. Is that that feels like it would be an amazing play by post. Is it? They, they do so- have a few of those. There's, I forget, I bought one of them because I was thinking of doing like an actual play of it with Sam and I, where like he and I both write letters and recorded our letters. Oh. And then we like edit it together because this one was for like a love story of someone who's away at war and someone who's at home. And then like we wouldn't be able to listen, like, like read the letters. I don't know. I was thinking mm. about that. Someone suggested that on Twitter. Um, yeah, so I, I, need, I need this in my life now. <laughs> that... You are morally obligated to provide it. <laughs> that's true. That would be lovely. <laughs> is that the war and is it war and peace or crime and punishment? That's Natasha. War and peace. Yeah, war and peace. peace. Literally, like a tiny sliver of war and peace. The yeah. entire musical is based on. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say, is there a war and peace RPG? I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, so many of my dumb RPG ideas truly Animal do come Force. from like. Animal is Force. there one like? Uh, oh my god! Like watching reality TV does this to me too. <laughs> one of these days on my list. Like Joey and I can compare them, but I think Joey and I are collabing on the RuPaul's Drag Race Problematic Grave uh, PBTA, where you can be like a camp queen. You can be mm-hmm. <laughs> only after he finishes helping me write the Star Wars version of Starscape. So I'm just waiting on a message back. Oh, oops. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can leave. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not the only one getting called out tonight. Okay. <laughs> oops. Did it. Check those on Reds. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like. I'm really trying to think of an IP where I was like, you know, that wouldn't really work. Thomas the Chang. Like anything that I actually yeah. enjoy, I can figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I'm- or elements of that would work super well in different worlds. Like, so the nice thing, like, I mean, to pick up this example, you love the movie Arrival, but feel like it would make a terrible RPG with a difficult telling a time traveling story. But like, you choose. That's the nice thing about home brewing stuff. You choose what parts of it make it into your world and what don't. Like it doesn't, as long as you, all the players and you go in with the same expectations, like you could have a Star Wars game with a range of players. Joey and I were in a game where you had a range of players of like ultimate Star Wars fans who knew everything and had all the names and the lore and the history and could spell it all correctly, which is a superpower of its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had like people who are more middling and like still fans of Star Wars, but didn't necessarily know what any of that was going into it in terms of deeper lore or the extended universe and stuff like that. So like, just set the expectations as you go in, like, and y'all choose what makes it in and what doesn't. Yeah. I was gonna say it was the... Remember. No, it's gone. It's gone. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll I'm be halfway it. through the outro and you'll be yeah. like, oh <laughs> the thing will change back. But no, it's the, like, oh, it's a picture store. <laughs> I will, like, I was gonna say, I don't want to tell everyone what my inspirations are, because then you'll know, and then you'll know how much of a hack I actually am. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that I'm fully aping some stuff from some books that I really like. I'm going all, mm-hmm. all do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm just like, I mean, oh, Not just in RPGs, just in real life. That is also true. If yes. anybody actually watched The Golden Girls and The Nanny as much as I have, you'll realize every joke I have is just rehashed <laughs> from 90 sitcoms. Yep. My illusion is, oh, I remember the thing I was going to say. <laughs> I did it. So like, and like, even with the arrival example, Leverage has a great flashback, has a great flashback system to like talk about like, well, how did you prep for this? I could see you doing a game in which like all the players, everyone has to agree. But like you start at the end and you Rashomon, like kind of Rashomon off yourself backwards, mm-hmm. like Rashomon yourself. So like you start at the end and then it's like, well, how did you get here? And then you guys play out the scenario from behind, uh, from the back. 
Or it's like, well, what about this part? And you can kind of jump around in time just that way. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with me on this. Okay. That idea done with 10 candles. Ooh. All right. Well, we're going to end the show so we can work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time we do the show, we do the show. We have a new game idea. I know. Happy uh, Jack's game game jam is just in the week between shows. Try to get the game done. <laughs> Frantically write as much as you can. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us for season thirty-two, episode six. <laughs> we have to come. We have to go. Why? Hey. Also, we have to like <laughs> log off so we can start talking about this game idea before we forget That's it. True. We have to go work on a yes. game now. That's true. Please support our amazing indie designer of the month, Jessica Markram ingrynerdgirl.itch.io Thank you to our amazing cha- uh, chat mod James V and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and editorially independent or whatever this is. You can join them at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. <laughs> Still Pooja. And I'm Joey. And today we are going to leave you with a song called Lord Randall by the Netbusker Folk Music Podcast. If you haven't been following Stu's new musical podcast endeavor because it's been inactive for like almost a year now, mm-hmm. it's now becoming active again. He is teaming up with Stork and Schlub named Phil. And <laughs> he's my ex. I'm allowed to say that. And <laughs> Damn. And Deep lore. Deep lore. <laughs> they are uh, recording new music that you can find. And the website for that is netbusker.net. And this Lord Randall, though, is just part of Stu's solo project. So I'm sorry. Did Stu abandon us for another podcast? Yeah, that's exactly what he did. He doesn't get family know? now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he went out for cigarettes, never came back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah he, got, he got tired of this. He wanted to start a new podcast about folk music. So he did it by himself the first season. And now he's realized that he needs more people to record the music. So now they have the three-part thing going. He literally abandoned us for a second family. I, this is what I'm saying. I just found out Stu had a second family. <laughs> me too. I am so angry about it. Oh my God. No one one gets, come on. How do you think I feel about this movie? No one gets my face back. Yeah, you, yeah, did I'm, you know? The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> you know? Yes. What? <laughs> okay. He said it. I what am I supposed to do? Pay attention to things. I'm just Stu's keeper. Which is why I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> all right. <laughs> gotta go. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. What you will to your father, Jimmy Randolph, my son. What you will to your father, my oldest, dearest one. My horses, my buggies, mother, make my bed soon. For I am sick-hearted and I want to lie down. What you will to your brothers, Jimmy Randolph, my son. What you will to your brothers, my oldest, dearest one. My mules and my wagons, mother, make my bed soon. For I am sick-hearted and I want to lie down. What you will to your sisters, Jimmy Randolph, my son. What you will to your sisters, my oldest, dearest one. My gold and my silver, mother, make my bed soon. For I am sick-hearted and I want to lie down.
your sweetheart, Jimmy Randolph, my son. What you will to your sweetheart, my oldest, dearest one. Bulrushes, bulrushes, and both parched brown. For she is the reason I want to lie down. Bulrushes, bulrushes, and both parched brown. For she is the reason I want to lie down. This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.